Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey, everyone. I'm Megyn Kelly. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show. Today, we've got a great show for you. There's so much to go over. NBA superstar Kyrie Irving refuses yet again to cave on his stance against vaccine mandates. Uh, Also, a new poll is showing former President Donald Trump trampling, I mean, just crushing any possible 2024 GOP competitor. And Katie Couric admits to censoring Ruth Bader Ginsburg's criticism of the protests by the NFL players against our national anthem back in 2016, in particular, Colin Kaepernick. Plus, the new Superman, is bisexual and Demi Lovato thinks it's derogatory to call aliens from outer space aliens. What the hell is going on? Here with me to tackle all the headlines, Dave Rubin, host of YouTube's The Rubin Report. Always a pleasure to have you here, Dave. How's it going? Megan, it's going well. You know, in this little business of talk that we do, sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're like, ah, what do I have to talk about today? Or can I find the right thing to talk about? Or I want it to be a little bit different today. But this list that your guys sent me this morning, (laughs) like this is just like exactly why I think people like you and I do what we do, because there's a lot of serious stuff, obviously, but there's also so much ridiculous stuff going on. And there's so few people that are talking about anything in a remotely sane way. And that will be my goal here today with Megyn Kelly. I like that goal. I accept the challenge on my end as well. So let's kick it off with Kyrie Irving. Now, I know nothing about basketball. I mean, I really, I know next to nothing. But I understand that up until, I guess, yesterday, he just wasn't saying whether he was vaccinated, but he was kind of playing coy. It's pretty clear he hadn't been. And so the team was like, well, since you're not going to openly say that you've been vaccinated and you have to be vaccinated to play in our stadium, um, he's a Brooklyn net, um, you can only play on the the away games. And then I guess they came out last night and said, actually, that's not really conducive to team unity. You can't play at all. You're benched. And he's doing pretty well on the on the money front. The The numbers I looked at were, were stunning. He has a four year, one hundred and thirty six million dollar deal. It's about thirty four million, thirty four point nine million this season alone he's going to earn. Um, and so last night he went to Instagram and um, he posted a little bit that basically acknowledged he's not vaccinated and he doesn't intend to get vaccinated. And here he is. You know, I had to stop running away from using my voice and using my platform to, uh, you know, speak on what's true and what's mine. You know, nobody's going to hijack my voice. Nobody's going to take the power away from me that I have for speaking on these things. Like all these people saying all these things about what's going on with me and it's just not true. Pay attention to what's going on out in the real world. You know, people are losing their jobs to these mandates. Uh, people are having to make choices with their own lives, which I respect, you know, and and I don't want to um, sit here and, and play on people's emotions either. Just use logic. You know, what would you do? You know, if, if you felt uncomfortable going into the season, uh, when you were promised that you would have exemptions or that you didn't have to be forced to get the vaccine. You know, this wasn't an issue uh, before the season started. This this wasn't something that I foresaw coming where I prepared for it. And, uh, you know, I had a, a chance to strategize on what was going to be best for me and my family. I came into the season uh, thinking that I was just going to be able to play ball. Like, why are you putting it on me? You know, like, this, this is not part of... Uh, <laughs> 
you know, what's going on in conversations with scientists, physicians, and doctors. I'm I'm just a hooper, right? Like I'm I'm just a person uh who who's being utilized as, as an example. For some odd reason, you know, people love to have my name in the mix of just some BS. Okay. So it was a little hard to comprehend because he was kind of all over the board in the long piece. But essentially what he's saying is, I was told before the season started that I wasn't going to have to get a vaccine in order to play. I stand ready to play. This is a personal decision. And I object to being told I have to get this vaccine. And he's now going to have to sit out. And what happens to the $34.9 million? I do not know. Your thoughts on it, Dave? Yeah, well, first off, I mean, broadly speaking, I'm I'm completely with Kyrie Irving. And we have so few people who don't stop running. He said, I have to stop running, meaning I have to stop running away from the truth. That That's in essence what he was saying there, meaning that he has decided as a 29-year-old guy at the peak of physical fitness, trust me, he's the, he's the fittest guy that either one of us know, Megan, mm-hmm. like he's made a decision that he personally doesn't want the vaccine. Maybe he had COVID, maybe he has antibodies, maybe he doesn't want to take the risk. Maybe he's looked around and seen that the NBA has basically been playing for the last two years. Uh, and is there any evidence that COVID was spread during an NBA game when they sweat all over each other and spit all over each other and sometimes cut each other and bleed and all sorts of stuff? I, as far as I know, there's no evidence. So I even though I have some personal differences with Kyrie Irving on, on the political side, for example, he was a big BLM guy. That's obviously not where I'm at. But I respect someone making a choice for themselves. And also the way he spoke there, I mean, he's thought about this stuff. You know, we're always throwing mics in athletes' faces and asking them to comment on China and asking them to comment on all of these things that they should not know about. As he said, he said, I'm a hooper. I'm a baller. I play ball. That's what I'm supposed to do for a living. And I respect somebody that's like, you know what? I'm going to put my butt on the line. And by the way, you know this. There are so many people. I'm sure your inbox is blowing up like mine is. I'm getting emails from nurses and doctors and airline pilots and janitors and IT guys about losing their jobs right now because they're making a personal decision for themselves. They're regular folks who, you know, maybe have two weeks salary or a month salary or a little bit of savings to, you know, so they're worried about everything in terms of their day to day life and putting food on the table. It's like he's got a lot of money and the guy needs some support right now. So I'm completely supporting him completely. Mm-hmm. He, but he's getting killed by the media. I mean, it, oh, yeah. He is just... Well, he'll be a white supremacist overnight. I mean, that's what they're <laughs> going to do. You know that he's going to be a he's going to be a crazy right wing uh, white supremacist. And this is going to have something to do with Alex Jones. And, you know, he's going to be at MAGA rallies. You, you know the drill on this. Like, that's how it works. It's so true. And it's like people forget that it wasn't that long ago that Joe Biden was saying the vaccine mandates wouldn't be appropriate. And that's not right here in America. And people aren't going to follow those. And th- and he's the one who switched and did a 180. And now when other people, millions of people are still in that place saying, I don't agree with these mandates. I think it should be a personal choice. It's <sighs> terrible, horrible, stupid. Right. Megan, it's not just Joe Biden. Fauci. There's video of Fauci saying it about a year ago that we're not going to have mandates and it won't make sense. Like every single person in the administration or that's, you know, roughly associated with covid policy has said every single thing, every which way. Fauci, Mm. you know, masks don't work. Then you have to double mask like everyone knows all of that stuff. But what I really like about this story is I am a big basketball guy as you know, and there's a basketball over my shoulder here. It's from a 92 Trailblazers practice signed by 
uh, my favorite player, Clyde Drexler, and I was watching an interview because I don't watch basketball anymore because it's become so politicized. Mm -hmm. So when I do cardio, I watch old basketball games on YouTube from the 90s and, and oh my 80s. Oh, God. You need and an I'm intervention. Watching, even though I know I know all the results, right? But I'm, that's what, what I like doing? to do. So, so I'm watching a game from 92 finals. And they're interviewing Clyde Drexler and they ask him about Michael Jordan. And they say, you know, there's a lot of racial problems. It's a white reporter, of course. I just watched this a few days ago. It's a white reporter and he's asking Clyde, he's saying, you know, Michael Jordan's not commenting on all the racial tension in the world and everything else. It was right after the Rodney King riots in 92. Um, and, and Clyde goes, you know, Michael's a basketball player. Do you know how much effort he has to put in physically and mentally to get out there and be the best at what he does every single night? If he doesn't want to comment on this or that, that is no indication of anything other than right. he loves what he does. And that's what Kyrie Irving is saying there. Yeah, it's um, I think we had the comedian Ryan Long on the show not long ago, and he was saying if everybody could just go back to doing the job that they actually have, that might be the solution to, uh, to all of our problems. Right. Why? Really? Do we, oh, my God. OK, so I wasn't going to do this story this high up in the show, but that does lead me. I got to the natural segue to Demi Lovato, who. I, yes. OK, so she made some bizarre comments. So she's losing it. Um, they she goes by. They they are losing it. Uh, OK. Um, First of all, the headline was, I, I don't know if I can do the they, I have to tell you, I, I don't, I don't think I can do it. That one's taken. It's too uh, confusing. Megan, you know, if you don't use people's preferred pronouns, this could be the end of the YouTube operation. You know, <laughs> they could take us both out right now. I'm a guest on this here's, show. And here's I've how I'm going to do it. Thing over okay. there. Here's how I'm going to do it. Demi Lovato says Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato is making a film about aliens. I'm like, I'm reading my packet, Dave. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> why are we just skipping by that? Like it's something normal. Hold on and I'll find it. Um, I don't understand why Demi Lovato isn't just singing the way Ryan Long would say she they should do in order to help um, our world get, heal. But Demi Lovato says, oh, I finally found it. It's page 11 uh, that in in this film, which is about <laughs> a search for the truth about UFO phenomena, because I was just asking myself the other day, what does Demi Lovato <laughs> think about UFO? If only Demi Lovato could do a film about whether it's real. Uh, and the quote is, do we have this soundbite? No, we don't have the soundbite. It's actually just, uh, it, it, I don't know. There's some, some interview. This is the quote. I think we, I think we have to stop calling them aliens. Because aliens is a derogatory term for anything. <laughs> okay. Aliens are awesome. Dave. What? Alien, this, the movie Alien. That thing's awesome. Every sci-fi movie I've ever seen, everyone loves the aliens. I usually hate the humans and I love the aliens. Um, honestly, Megan, I'm not even totally sure who Demi Lovato is. I know she's a singer of some kind. You know, I like uh, Frank Sinatra, Frankie Valli. I like some oh old God, crooners, so that kind of I. thing. So do I. So do I. I'm with you. I, I bumped into uh, Frankie Valley at the supermarket like two weeks ago, and I literally froze up. He was thumping a watermelon, and I actually, I was so starstruck, I could not speak. I, I babbled something to him. I don't even know what I said. Wait, but did like, you ask him about the really remake care. of the song, Beggin? It's so good, and it's everywhere, and it's amazing. He's been promoting the hell out of that, actually. He he loves so the, the, the new version of it, yeah. But that's that's who I like. But, you know, whether Frankie Valley liked... Uh, or felt that we should, you know, call aliens a certain pronoun or whether they're good or bad or anything else would sort of be irrelevant to Oh, What a Night or Sherry or anything else. But this is what happens with everything. On one hand, we kind of like it when an athlete 
makes some sense and stands up to the machine. That's the Kyrie Irving story. And then yeah. on the other hand, you hear these people who, you know, mostly can't really tie their shoes. They've got Absolutely. one talent and that's pretty good if you've got one talent. But then they comment on these things and it's like, all right, you know, she wants right, aliens got, to be she or her or them. Okay, okay. <laughs> I got two points for you. I went to see um, uh, Jersey Boys years ago, Love 10 it. years ago Love on Broadway it. with my mom and my husband. And um, we're there. My mom and my stepdad were in the front. Or they're not the front row, but the row in front of us. And they were next to two people. And Doug and I were behind them. And Jersey Boys is truly like you're on your feet the whole time. You're singing, you're yeah. dancing. It's fun. Um and but my mom is a terrible singer and she always sings louder than anybody. I mean, it's just who she is. It's same way when I, we go to church on Sundays growing up, none of us wanted to sit with her because she'd always be like, and also with you. And we're like, oh my God, mom, be quiet. She, just, she loves attention and she has this deep voice. Anyway, at intermission, the people who were next to her left. <laughs> <laughs> because she was so they obnoxious. They actually walked out. They couldn't take so it anymore. That's hilarious. Her, her singing was so bad. Uh, so I love Frankie Valley and would go to Jersey Boys again and would recommend it to anybody. Um, so Demi Lovato. Okay. Yeah. This is the other thing I wanted to say. Apparently Demi Lovato posted on Instagram in September, speaking of people we should not listen to and stupid ass advice. And I'm going to quote it with that, with that preface. This is from her, from Demi. Quote, I, I can't do it. Can we just talk about the day for a minute? I can't. I'm trying. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I we feel may uncomfortable. get from YouTube, but let's talk about I, it. I don't want to be disrespectful. I genuinely don't. And if Demi were in this room, I don't know what I'd do. But Demi's not in this room. And they is taken. It's confusing. They means two people. I, 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 it's improper grammar. It's not only improper grammar. Look, I don't care about anyone's sexuality. I don't care how they identify. I, I just don't care about their body parts that much and what they do in their private life. Um, but I do care about English language. I care about basic truth. I care about knowledge. And the fact that we are all being subjected to, oh, if Megyn Kelly doesn't say they, YouTube actually might take down her channel. I mean, I'm, I'm actually not making that up. Like they've made some fairly uh, fairly robust statements on gender pronouns related to being on these platforms. And it's like, that has nothing to do with not respecting Demi Lovato. I don't respect her or not respect her. I mean, if I was in a room with her, if she treated me nicely, I would treat her Damn. nicely. Um, but, you know, this reminds me, you may have seen this video. I, th I think we talked about it a little bit once a long time ago. I did an event at University of New Hampshire a couple of years ago. And, you know, they're all these kids, they're screaming at me and they're yelling that I'm a Nazi and I'm a racist and all this stuff. <laughs> And I keep offering them, you know, guys, if you have a specific question, let me know. And what is it that I've said? And then they just keep yelling crazy stuff. And there's this person in the back who, who says that she's trans and she's yelling at me and I'm a Nazi and I want to put her in jail. And I keep saying, you know, actually, I just want you to be treated with equally under the law. But, you know, I don't want the government uh, mandating pronouns, meaning if I'll tr call you she and her, but you know, you, I don't want the government forcing me to do that. If you treat me with respect, I'll treat you with respect. She's, but I'm still a Nazi, the whole thing. I didn't find this out till about two weeks later, but it turned out that that trans woman who was calling me a Nazi and shouting me down and trying to take away my free speech was a gender studies professor at University of New Hampshire. Oh, so naturally. that's the level of stupidity that we're dealing with these days. That That's that, well, 100% could have predicted this. Well, here's yeah. Demi's thoughts and the, and the advice Demi's given, giving to, um, I think, young women in particular. Be a slut. How many times, Abby, how many times have I said, when people ask me for advice, <laughs> my, my number one thing is don't be a slut. It's truly, 
Well, I haven't told Abby not to be a slut. She's not a slut. She got married young. Grandpa, Abby's an adult. Abby, Abby can do what she wants. Come on. We don't have to make this about Abby. But this is, I mean, truly when people's daughters go off to college and they say, would you talk to her for a minute? I say, oh, sure. And the first thing I say is don't be a slut. Don't, don't give it up so easily. You know, when you're in a loving relationship, you go for it, girl. But don't give it up so easily because it makes, it leads you to feel bad about yourself and you're not going to find the thing you're looking for. And I don't think women are built that way. And I don't care if people don't like it. This is her, the Demi's last, uh, next piece of advice. Show your body, get naked. Well, I don't, you know, again, see rule number one. I don't think that's going to have the effect on your life that you think. Have all the safe, different, consensual sex you want. Be kinky, masturbate, make and watch porn. Really? That, does Demi know anything? That's a blanket statement right there. Does Demi know anything about the number of studies suggesting how that works out for, in particular, young women, how it makes them feel, and and young men who become obsessed with porn and think young women are going to behave like that and so on? Make money. Okay. Just a reminder that being sexual is okay. Well, Demi sounds like a moron. I don't know why I'm spending so much time on Demi Lovato, but this is a public figure who's in the limelight, who's held up. She's on magazine covers and so on. And I'm sick of this bullshit. This is a terrible role model. Ooh, I like feisty Megyn Kelly. I like that. <laughs> You're right, because on one hand, it's like, why should we care what Demi Lovato says? As I said, I'm not even totally sure. If I heard one of her songs, I don't think I would know that it was Demi Lovato. But on the other hand, when these people can influence young people and, and say these things to them and then have them you know, act some of this stuff out, it's like this is one of the, my frustrations constantly with the progressives. Um, is that they will promote virtually anything. And there's no crazy that's too crazy. And yet we know that in their own personal lives, they would never want this. You remember that video of Ibrahim Kendi? Uh, this is a few months ago. This should have destroyed the entire uh, BLM movement when he said that his, I believe it was his son came home and said that he was a girl. Yes, and Ibram he X. said Kendi, that he, you're talking about. Yeah and, and yeah, and he said that he and his wife were horrified now, think about that. We're told that intersectionality and, you know, all of these oppressions should meld together into one super oppression and we should love everybody and black trans lives matter and all this stuff. But Ibrahim Kendi, the guy who is Ibram instituting right Ibram X Kendi, sorry, um, the, the one who is basically the lead pusher of all of this nonsense and creating racism, I would say, when he thought that his son might be a girl. Suddenly it was horrific, his word, horrific. Mm -hmm. And yet nobody really covered that. And that shows how they say one thing, that that's what they want for you because it'll cause chaos and confusion in your life. And when there's chaos and confusion, then they'll give you all the answers, right? But they well, don't want that in their life. It's so obvious, it's ridiculous. We're seeing this manifest in a more recent example in a way with Dave Chappelle, right? Black man, uh, very, very heterodox in his views, will take on anything um, and saying he stands with J.K. Rowling in his latest Netflix uh, special. And what a shitstorm this has been for Netflix, who so far is doing the right thing. But there's an update in the case. Uh, that's what we'll pick it in. We'll, we'll squeeze in a quick commercial break and then we'll pick it up there uh, in two minutes. Plus, we're going to get to Kamala Harris laughing with child actors about space. I saw the video. She looked ridiculous. But then I didn't know that they were actors till a couple days passed. They had to hire actors. They couldn't find real children, apparently, who wanted to be in the ad with the with the woman who's really sort of acting like she's straight out of the actual program Veep. Um, we've got so much to go over with Dave Rubin. All right, Dave. So Dave Chappelle is back 
in it again. Uh, Netflix signed him to this unbelievable deal. He gets $20 million, a special reportedly with them. And they're amazing. I mean, the Netflix uh, special he did, Sticks and Stones, was just epic and possibly the best comedy routine I've ever seen. It's just he just did all the stuff you want a comedian to do. He touched all the third rails unabashedly, cleverly. There were brilliant intellectual traps in the whole thing. It was just so well done. Um, And now he comes out again with uh, the latest special and he takes aim at this whole you know, there's no such thing as biological sex thing and says openly, I side with J.K. Rowling, who had made a point to that effect earlier that got her. Yeah, she's you can't cancel J.K. Rowling, but people were upset in the trans community. And here's um, a clip of Dave Chappelle and what's causing sort of a shitstorm in his world and Netflix's now, too. And they've canceled people that are more powerful than me. Cancel J.K. Rowling. My God, J.K. Rowling wrote all the Harry Potter books by herself. She sold so many books, the Bible worries about her. <laughs> and they canceled her because she said in an interview, and this is not exactly what she said, but effectually, she said that gender was a fact. And then the trans community got mad as shit. They started calling her a turf. I didn't even know what the fuck that was. But I know that. Trans people make up words to win arguments. <laughs> so I looked it up. TERF is an acronym. Stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. This is a real thing. This is a group of women that hate transgender. They don't hate transgender women, but they look at trans women the way we blacks might look at blackface. It offends them. Like, ooh, this bitch is doing an impression of me. Now, I shouldn't speak on this because I am not a woman, nor am I a trans. But as we've established, I am a feminist. That's right. I'm Team Turf. I agree. I agree, man. Gender is a fact. Team Turf. And now uh, a group of trans employees and others are going to be staging a walkout next week from Netflix. This after a few of them stormed some meeting of executives and then all three promptly got suspended. They allowed one trans employee who stormed to come back because they said she didn't realize that she wasn't supposed to be doing that. Uh, And the Netflix CEO, Ted Serranos, has said, I don't believe this crosses a line on our policy against programming that is hateful or promotes violence. What do you make of it? Well, look, as far as the trans people or their allies, another word that I can't stand, uh, as far as them walking out, I mean, Netflix, in my opinion, at this point would have the right to fire them. Like, you cannot bring politics everywhere. If you work at Netflix, you understand that you work for this streaming service. And guess what? They put up comedy and they put up some horror movies and they put up action movies and things that might upset you and things that might make you laugh and might make you happy and all of those things. And if you think much like we're seeing this in the publishing world all the time, where, you know, when Jordan Peterson's second book got announced, half of Penguin Random House, which is my publishing company, by the way, when they, you know, all these young publishers walked out and it's like, what what world are you people in? You don't get to decide all of these things because you're 22 
and you've been unfortunately brainwashed by, you know, some really horrible education uh, that has led you to believe that you own the world when you're just really starting on your adventure on the world. As far as Chappelle, you know, what's interesting about that, if you listen to his cadence and the tone in his voice, it almost really doesn't sound like a comedy special. It was brilliant, by the way. Every, and of course, what he said there was true. We can talk about the biology in just a sec. But, you know, if you listen to just the general tone and tenor of it, you can see how evil what the social justice warriors have done to America is. Because here you have the guy who's basically considered the best living stand-up comic in the entire world, where he's sort of on the defensive the entire time. He clearly mm. had to write that special going, oh, man. I know they're going to come after me for some basic stuff. So I'm going to have to do work. I mean, a lot of that special felt like him just doing work, just not to get destroyed after. And then ironically, of course, they're going to go after him either way. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, try to imagine if Dave Chappelle did a stand-up special that they put out a week ago on Netflix and it wasn't controversial. It would mm -hmm. not be funny. That's the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, he, he'll go anywhere. And and I guess he appeared at some venue publicly post this dust up. And there were all these A-list Hollywood stars there in the audience supporting him. They gave him a standing ovation. And he said something to the effect of, if this is what it's like to be canceled, I love it. <laughs> right? Cancel me all day long. <laughs> Unfortunately for regular Americans, that's not what it feels like to be canceled. You don't have an A-list audience of celebrities standing on their feet and applauding you. You lose your job and you get pushed out of the public square and you get pushed out of, you know, sort of your social circles. And it's incredibly painful to express a simple view like J.K. Rowling's, which is I, I think there are women and there are trans women and that they're not the same thing. Well, Megan, it's actually even more perverse than that, because when the A-list Hollywood celebrities give him a standing ovation and, oh, my God, you're telling the truth and it's so wonderful, fantastic, hallelujah. These are the same people who spend all day on Twitter and every interview they doing pushing these progressive policies. These are the ones who have basically, you know, I'm here in L.A., right? I, I live outside of Hollywood. These are the people who have destroyed all of the schools where you're not allowed to say that a boy is different than a girl in this basic stuff. And J.K. Rowling, I mean, if you look at her Twitter threads about this, she did it in the most subtle like decent, non-combative mm -hmm. way, just saying there are biological differences. That's it. Not saying I don't want trans people to exist, not saying I don't want them to be treated right or respectfully or find love or feel accomplished or anything else. All she said is there are biological differences. Uh, Megan, you know that we're going through surrogacy right now. I can tell yeah. you this. When they take a sperm, right, and they take an egg and they put those things together in about three days, if you do bi uh, genetic testing, which we have done, they tell you, oh, we can tell you the sex of all the embryos. So is my fertility doctor who's been doing this for 30 years, is he a right wing maniac for telling me that there's a He's difference a between? <laughs> right. <laughs> you get the point. Like, it's yeah. like, is this guy either a maniac? Is it possible that he's actually the scientist? I mean, it's not easy to take a sperm and an egg. These are small things with a microscope, put them together, create life. That's pretty tricky. So who's right? Is it that guy? that I'm paying a lot of money to do this, this modern miracle? Or is it the activist who's angry over a word? I think yeah. the average person can figure that out. And we're allowed to say, 
No, we reject this new idea. We support you as human beings and kindness to you and support for you to believe what you want to believe. It's fine by me, but I'm not abandoning my lifelong understanding about something as fundamental as biology and gender. And for many of us, it's it's a religious thing as well. And that's okay too. Like you, you don't become a bigot overnight because yesterday's belief today is suddenly deplorable, right? Is, is rejected by a very small subset of the population. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. Regular trans people don't support this nonsense. They don't support this. It's the activists that I think I always try. I can't remember whether it was Katie. I think it's Katie Herzog who says, get better representatives, right? Get better, get better representatives because the people who are representing the trans community don't seem to understand their own constituency who, for my part in knowing quite a few trans people are loving and kind and really just want to be left alone. And that's really all any of us should want. And that's also the problem, you know, even if you look at the trans situation now that's so, it's so in the zeitgeist all the time, that it was an extension of the gay rights movement. So gay people wanted the fight for equality. And ultimately that boiled down to some non-discrimination laws, which have all been either reversed or taken care of. And then they wanted the right to marry, to enter the same legal agreement that a straight couple could marry, which by the way, to me is like the ultimate conservative argument. Like that's a great conservative argument for gay marriage. Oh, two people who love each other, who potentially want to build a family so they can build something lasting and be responsible members of society and not just spend their life hooking up and doing all the things that you fear gay people are doing. Like it was, it was obviously in my estimation, and I know in yours too, like a, a just cause. What happened then is after equality was achieved with the LGBTs, The T sort of took over and basically ate the rest of the thing. And now Mm -hmm. we're fighting over virtually nothing. If you were to tell me that there is any law in the United States that said trans people cannot do this, cannot get work, cannot go here, et cetera, et cetera, of course, I would be against that. I know you would be against it. I know everyone listening would be against that. But that's not what this is about. This is now about controlling language. They are literally, literally uh, fining people in Canada if you misgender someone. By the way, that Jordan Peterson guy, that's what he was screaming and warning about six years ago. And what happened? Everyone called him a right wing maniac front page of The New York Times trying to destroy him. So it's like maybe we should listen to people when they warn us about some of this. stuff. This reminds me, my my, one of my gay friends said to me, um, why? Why does why do we have to have LGBT? Why? Why did the why does the T need to be in our group? Because he doesn't see the issues as totally aligned. And I have to say, at the no, time I laughed, it was sort of a joke. But I but he's not wrong because as we see this whole thing unfold more and more, there it seems to me they're taking little kids who will, if left alone, would wind up realizing later that they're gay or lesbian, and telling yeah. them that they're trans, and that to deny that is sort of some sort of self hatred. Um, and interfering in a way that's really disturbing, right? It's sort of like they're trying to erase much of the gay and lesbian community in a way that's uh, disturbing. It's upsetting. Megan, that is the point. And that's the point. I've been talking about this a bit, and that's a point that we should really drive home to people. It's actually anti-gay. It's anti-gay because what they're saying and what they're saying is, oh, if there's a little six-year-old boy who's effeminate, right? So instead of playing with G.I. Joe or Transformers, he plays with Barbies. What they're in essence saying is, oh, we should then put him on puberty blockers. We should start having him dress a certain way. We should encourage that because that somehow is good. That would be less painful to the parent than if it turned out that he just was gay. 
And by the way, you could do the, the reverse version of that, of course, with a young girl, if she was playing mm -hmm. with, you know, He-Man instead of, uh, instead of Barbies or whatever, uh, if the girl was playing with He-Man instead of whatever she was supposed I to play you. with. So, so that's the, that's the danger here that we've let a bunch of people just sort of run the conversation. And you also said something that I, that I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is when can we all just say no? Like no more. There is a constant. We all feel this that we're all being like sort of sucked on this descent, this slow descent to hell with these people. We're watching America disappear in front of our eyes, and not just America. We're watching all Western nations, Canada, Australia. It's across the board. We're all being destroyed by something, and it's because we're all participating in it. I don't know how we how we fully stop it. Obviously, uh, I think this is a little bit of it. We have to talk about it honestly. But eventually, the good people that are out there just have to be like, no. I will not participate in the lie. I am sorry. I just will not do it anymore. And then what that means in your personal life, whether you have to basically pull a John Galt and just get out of the system or not be on any of these platforms or figure out how to only work for yourself or what your local community is. I don't know exactly what the answer is, but I think that's kind of the first step. Like, no, I will not partake in your delusion anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's, um, it's not totally unrelated to the way people are feeling about COVID. You know, it's like certain things may not be uttered. And yet, you know that there there's reason to utter them. I want to have the conversation. Then it comes to uh, the police and all the defunding. And actually, there's a story today about um, New York City and San Francisco and major other cities, other major cities seeing huge spikes in. We knew about the murders, but now in shoplifting. And apparently out yep. in San Francisco, they had actually lowered the penalty from felony to misdemeanor for shoplifting. And guess what? That's led to a, a rash of shoplifting. And now several Walgreens have had to close because this is, can't keep the goods on the shelf in a bad way. It's not like people are paying for them. In New York, we saw something similar. Uh, I wrote it down. Uh, NYPD says from January to September of this year, shoplifting is up 6,000 cases over the same time last year. Walgreens shutting stores, Rite Aid made too. Um, they say, look, it's it's not just in New York. It's unemployment. It's mental illness. It's all these things. Have you ever been into a like a, a Rite Aid or a Dwayne Reed or a CVS lately? Half the stuff is locked up. You, the, yeah. the deodorant is locked up. You got to. I understood when they put Sudafed under there, right, because people use it. People like Trump. He loves that um, to, for energy. I don't know what they and some people make drugs out of it. But Trump loves Sudafed. Yeah. Um, deodorant. Who's like who's trying to make drugs out of my secret? It's not. It's not drugs. <laughs> it's theft. <laughs> Megan, something like I think it's over 20 Walgreens in the San Francisco area have closed. And there are a gajillion videos of people literally just walking in, putting their arm out on the aisle and just dumping everything into a bag. And then you've got a security guard there who doesn't want to get punched in the face because he knows no good is going to come out of it, who basically acts as a doorman and he just opens the door and they run out. We're seeing this happen in, in high-end stores all over the place. I mean, there's every day you see these videos on Twitter and it's like all of these people wanted to defund the police and every single place without exception that they defunded the police, Minneapolis, Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco. I mean, as you know, they're all, they're all progressive run cities, New York. Every single place, crime and murder has gone up. I went back to New York City a couple of weeks ago. I, I spent most of my adult life in New York City until I moved out here to crazy LA. And uh, I lived up where you, sort of where you used to live on the Upper, uh, upper West. I think I can say that. Can I say that? Yeah, I, yeah, I just you can. Us that, yeah, that no, I say it all the time. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, uh, um, and watching the city, it, it has 
fundamentally changed in two years. It did not feel like New York City to me. First off, there are police everywhere, on, of almost every corner. There are barricades almost everywhere. It smells like weed everywhere. I'm for legalizing weed, but it smells like weed everywhere. It used to smell like pee everywhere. Now it smells like weed. So, you know, I guess, <laughs> I guess maybe that's a little bit better. Um, but, you know, the, the general feeling there of, you know, oh, you can steal stuff. That's kind of okay. And you, you know, the other one with, in New York City, you can jump a turnstile. They won't, they won't arrest you. So it's like, oh, if you pay, you're kind of a sucker. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, all right, you, why are you paying? Because you could just jump it. We're not going to do anything. And, and ultimately what that creates is a society of people that don't believe in responsibility. They don't believe that anything matters. And then what happens? You're going to get more drug use. You're going to get more crime. Then what happens? Well, the people with some money who fund a lot of these things and build nice buildings and nice parks and things, they start leaving. And then you just get urban decay. I mean, we're seeing it all over the place. You so, yeah, I mean, there's a push, of course, to defund the police. And then there's also this related push to sort of not do away with laws, but to reduce punishments, to eliminate certain crimes to that's why they they change shoplifting from a felony down to a misdemeanor um, as part of this whole movement of reevaluating our criminal justice system and how it sweeps so many people up into it who they don't think should be in the prison system and so on and related Two is the belief now that if you're a store manager and you call the police on a shoplifter and that right. shoplifter is a person of color, that you're a racist. Even if you're a black manager, you're a racist because you're setting this person up to be killed because people have this belief totally unfounded that the police are killing 10,000 people a year who are unarmed. Meanwhile, it's more like 12 to 15 and unarmed is being used very generously because the Washington Post, which keeps these tallies, will count you as unarmed if you have a loaded gun in your glove compartment and you're racing away from the cop or, you know, in a mm -hmm. police chase. Anyway, um, my point is, you know, bit by bit, the, those policies and this sort of soft hearted like, oh, let's be kinder. We're seeing the real live effects of them. All the more reason back to point number one, which is it's OK to speak up. It's OK to listen to that little voice in the back of your head that says, this is not right. I, I want to be respectful of your argument. I want you to be able to make it. But I disagree. And I think we're going to have real life consequences of your thanks to your policies and your positions that I don't want my kids to have to deal with. I, I don't know. I hope we're at a tipping point, Dave. Well, I don't know that we are yet. Like the, the question always is how far can they drag us? What is the rock bottom when enough of our cities have sort of collapsed? You know, this idea that we now have in Los Angeles because we have the former DA of San Francisco who ruined San Francisco. And then what happens in lefty politics? You fail up. So he became the DA of LA, where you're basically allowed to steal up to $800 or $850 worth of stuff and you won't mm -hmm. be prosecuted. So that means you could walk into Best Buy and steal a PlayStation 5 and five games, stay under that $800 threshold, but you steal that sixth game, they may have to say something about it. We are, we are actually promoting bad behavior. And you know the proof is in the pudding because people see it and then what happened to California last year? For the first time in California's history, there was a net loss of population. No mm -hmm. one is anyone. Have you heard in the last two years, you in your personal life, have you heard of anyone moving to California no, or moving no to one. New York no. or moving to any of these? But they're all going to Texas. They're all going to Florida. They're all going to Tennessee. All the places that the liberals said, oh, that's where the backwards rednecks uh, mm -hmm. live. And now those are the those are the havens of sanity at the moment.
Yeah, because when the real life consequences of these decisions yep. and policies come due, you know, come become apparent, they flee. And I, I'm thinking about one area. Now, this isn't exactly um well, it's actually get, get, gotten a lot bluer, but we've been talking about Loudoun County, Virginia. I used mm-hmm. to live right by there when I lived in Alexandria um, years ago. So Virginia is getting more and more blue as you know, it's, it's going for Democrats now more than Republicans. And Loudoun County is a very sort of Tony suburb there. And um, that's where this this dad was placed Crazy. under arrest after, in September as he tried to show up at the school board meeting. And it turns out that his daughter had been raped um, by a man, a young student, a male student he described as wearing a skirt who went into the girl's bathroom and raped his daughter. The kid was arrested ultimately and passed on. We're speaking of passing the trash, the mayor, you know, the one bad mayor to the, the next city. This mm-hmm. kid who's under arrest and accused of this felony um, was passed on to another school where he then allegedly committed a very similar crime against another girl. And now it turns out today, now the police or the school is saying that they did call the cops on this kid when they found out in Loudoun County that he'd done this. But what has emerged, Dave, is that the Virginia governor, old blackface wearing Ralph Northam, um, yeah. he signed a bill into law that would relieve schools of their duty to report sexual batteries, sexual assault like this one's a level up. So they did have to whether they in fact did. I don't know. The dad's disputing it. Um, But what? So now the schools don't even have to report a sexual battery against a young girl in the school thanks to these bleeding heart policies um, that they think are going to save kids. They're going to they're going to they're going to save perpetrators, but they're not going to save victims. That's where we're picking it up with Dave right after this quick, quick break. Hold your thought. Dave, this Virginia case is so disturbing. Um, I was reading Miranda Devine in The New York Post, which is always worth your time. She's just so gosh, I wish I could do with a pen what she can do. Um, and she just left. She spared no one. The superintendent of schools out there, this guy named Scott Ziegler, needs to go. Yeah. This this dad, Scott Smith, was publicly humiliated. She reminds us of how the media put that video of him being dragged out of the school board meeting where we now know he was trying to raise an objection to the transgender bathroom policy at schools because of what had just happened to his daughter. Confirmed by police, by the way, this is some lunatic. This kid's under arrest. The police have not pushed back one bit on his story. And he and and a trans activist got in his face and said she didn't believe his story. He called her a bitch and then he got arrested. Okay, he was humiliated. He was fat shamed. They mocked him mercilessly on all these channels. Right. And and then just last week, the Biden administration cited His case, or at least the letter to the Biden administration by this National Association of School Boards, cited his case and its push to take a look at school board meetings and crack down on these parents as domestic terrorists. They cited him as an example without naming him. But it was his case, obviously. Um, And no one gave two dams about his daughter in the process. That superintendent got up at that board meeting, the one that Scott Smith was very upset at and said, 
We have not had any problem of crime or sexual assault in our bathrooms involving any trans students. I don't know whether the kid in the skirt was actually trans. It's a distinction without a difference. Mm -hmm. They don't care. They're so knee jerk. We've got to not say anything that could be perceived offensive by this woke community that they will actually endanger the lives of teenage young girls. Megan, when you believe in ideology over truth, then pretty much everything is off the table. You will let young girls be assaulted in the name of the ideology. And this sort of connects to what we were just talking about, about about somebody's got to say no. What happened in this system, I was just reading about it during the break because I wanted to make sure I had all my facts straight. I mean, basically what happened in this story is the lie just continued through every level. So the superintendent, everybody basically was like, oh, there's something politically hot here. There's an ideology out there that says somehow trans good, straight people bad. We can't, you know, we have to fit what actually happened, an assault on a young girl. We have to fit that within an ideology. Once you do that, you're you're destroying truth. And then everyone kind of does it. And then when you add this to this insane, insane Biden administration, uh, I mean, it's Merrick Garland, the attorney general, who's Mm -hmm. basically saying we're going to treat parents who show up to board meetings and who who fight to make sure their kids aren't being indoctrinated. We're going to treat them as domestic terrorists. It's like, what else are these people going to destroy? And I would say at some point, you know, it's fine to say, okay, you know, these progressives, when they do all this stuff, it's like they've got a big heart, but a small brain. That's kind of what I think everyone is sort of thinking at the moment. Like they mean well, well, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And enough of us must say we have to get off that road. We must build our own roads. We must go another direction. Otherwise, you will literally send your daughters to schools where they will be assaulted and then there will be a cover up and then you'll be the one canceled for it. And I think we could connect this even to the COVID stuff. It's like if you make the choice that your young eight-year-old child should not get the jab because, by the way, 0.002 CDC numbers, your your guys can check them right now, uh, of kids under 18 die of COVID. It's about 500 kids who often had other things going on. It's very sad either way. But if you make a personal choice, you're now saying to the the government's now saying to you, no, 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 no. We're going to do it no matter what. So all of the things that we're talking about, I think everything that we've talked about today so far, they're all connected. Will you as a person stand up for what you think is right and defend your life? Or will you just outsource it to the world that at the moment is is trying to destroy everything we once knew was good? And it's like there's no room for nuance. The, the No one is saying transgender individuals are going to go into all these bathrooms and rape all the girls like that. No, of course. Not. No, no, no sane person is saying it's just there's a concern about the risk and about the policy leading bad actors to take advantage of it. Right. And this school doesn't help the matter by then not informing the next school to whom they passed the perpetrator of what had happened. I mean, can you imagine we haven't heard from the parents of that girl yet, but when we do, they're going to be angry. And if they show up at the next school board meeting and try to protest this superintendent, they could very well see a Department of Justice or FBI official or descendant calling them a domestic terrorist. That's the state of America 2021 uh, as it stands right now. We're going to pick it up with Dave Rubin on this one 2024 poll, respectable poll, that looks amazing for former President Trump if he chooses to run next time. Don't go away. Lots more to do. 
There's still so much to go over, including um, let's talk about this football coach because we're doing a day of sports here, Dave. <laughs> OK, <laughs> only one of us knows what they're talking about. Um, but I do know a little bit about the NFL. And this guy, John Gruden, is apparently, you know, a uh, he's been a very successful coach. Oh, I yeah. will say I've been so out of touch. I didn't now know that they were the Las Vegas Raiders. When the hell did that happen? <laughs> when a couple they years really, ago, I'm, it was like, I'm oh, actually, were, as you know, I'm not paying that much attention to the major leagues either. I just can't, I can't deal with the politics in it. So I'm no, not totally sure, but I think it's in the like, last couple of years. It was Oakland. It wasn't like L. I don't know. They were oh, Oakland, anyway, yeah, yeah. then they moved to Las Vegas and this guy, um, John Gruden was a, a very successful coach. He had, um, I don't know what he did, but he did good things. <laughs> he, he won a Super Bowl with the Bucks about there a decade ago or so. Yeah, there you go. Thank I got you. that one. There you go. Okay. So now he's been pushed out because they found the NFL did some investigation of the Washington football team. It used to be um, the uh, Washington Indian, the, right? Redskins. The Redskins. Not, the Redskins. Yeah, the Redskins. Yeah. I can't keep track of all the scrubbing of the names. <laughs> now they just went with the Washington football. I can't. It's like yeah. it's everywhere. I'm having trouble yeah, with the language so today, Dave. Okay, um, they did an investigation into another football team, and Gruden got pulled up into it because he had been emailing with the guy there, the former president of that team, and that other guy, Bruce Allen, had, was fired in 2019. Gruden had been emailing with him from Gruden's personal address. Gruden definitely said some things that were extremely dicey, um, including referring to a black man de- named Demory Smith, the executive director of the NFL Players Association, as dumb, dumb Oris. Smith um, saying, quote, he he, quote, has lips the size of Michelin tires. Um, That's probably the thing that got him fired. He also called Roger Goodell um, the F word, the the derogatory F word for gays, uh, clueless anti-football P word. Um, He used the term queers and so on. I could go on. But anyway, this is not a politically correct guy. And that that comment about Demory Smith, I, I've heard people try to defend it. I don't know. I think it's clearly racist. But it was a long time ago, years ago. It was in mm-hmm. a private email. And I don't know. I heard Charles C.W. Cook, who I love at National Review, saying what this boils down to is a question of what what kind of society we want to live in. Do we want to live in a society that sees somebody do stupid things and say things that are not OK? Um, and then be publicly outed with such information that they never chose to share publicly and atone for them and say, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I actually really am sorry. And then move on, right? Or do we want everyone's life to be destroyed when something like this comes out against their will? And, the, you know, by no means was he the one trying to put this in the public sphere. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, of course I agree with that. But before that, you know, on the big lips comment, I live in L.A. and I have never thought of big lips as black, white, gay or straight. Big lips just means you got a problem that started in Beverly Hills, probably on Rodeo Drive, and you got some bad injections. That's number one. Okay, so big lips goes across races. Okay, but yes, look, it does. But you understand, of- it's not the same to say about. Uh, sure, sure. You know, a white person, she's got big lips as it is to say it about a black man or to use the term late. Like I can see some of these terms, they, they historically have been used in a derogatory way against certain groups. Sure. So joking aside, look, I'm not defending any of the things he said, but I would say, you know, we've all said offensive things and we've all said things that have different meanings as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And I include myself in that. I suspect you include yourself in that. We've all written things. We've all said things. We've all thought things. And we eventually, I mean, this is what the thought police, right? 1984, this is what it would be about, the thought police, that everyone will have said something when they were 20 that will destroy them when they're 60. And that gets to the Charles Cook 
point. It's like, what kind of society will we have? Will we have something that will have no forgiveness that will be far worse than religion? Most religions have a redemption narrative. There's a way to, to be a good person after you have sinned or done something bad. But this modern cult is what I would call it at this point. There is no forgiveness. We will destroy you. We will remove you. We will destroy your family. We'll make sure that you cannot work, et cetera, et cetera. Even yesterday, John Madden football, which is the big, you know, PlayStation Xbox football game for the last 30 years, they have removed John Gruden. So he will not be in it anymore. However, from what I understand, they have never removed a player. Now there are players in the league over the years Mm -hmm. who have raped women, beat women, uh, I think one guy at least murdered somebody, probably more than that. I, I think several have. It's like, well, we don't remove them. But yeah. I think the bigger point here, Megan, is that do you feel like we're a more tolerant society now? When we remove Uncle <laughs> Ben from the rice box and we got rid of Aunt Jemima. And oh, my we God, I just got an Aunt Jemima syrup. She's gone. She is. They actually did it. Yeah. She's gone. But think about it. Who did it? It was the tolerant progressives, right, who made sure that Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima were removed. So now I guess we can only see white people on products. That's what the white supremacists would want. I mean, these people, these people are completely insane. But the, the main point is, does anyone in their right mind think we're becoming more tolerant right now? Has any of the cancellations, has destroying Roseanne Barr for a joke she made. Uh, did, did that, when she had the number one sitcom in America, right? Mm-hmm. Did that make us more tolerant? Getting rid of Aunt Jemima, did that. Getting rid of John, are we more tolerant now? Are we more decent? Are we more loving? Are we doing any of the things that we're supposed to be doing? I don't think so. It seems all far worse. So perhaps that's what they're really trying to get us towards and not some, you know, diverse and inclusive, you know, utopia. Because guess well, what? It thing, doesn't exist. The thing that bothers me is... Yes, the double standard you pointed out, because I'd love to see all the criminal histories of everybody who plays on the field and the and the coaching staff and the management team and see how that looks. But I'd love to see the emails of the people who are celebrating this guy's downfall. I'd love to see the emails of the people who made it happen. Let me see your emails over the past 10 years, all of them, your personal ones, not your professional ones. That's not what he was doing. Let me see your personal emails and texts, all of them. How do you stack up? Love to see it because even the guy who he went after, you know, Demory Smith, who did not have nice things to say and was obviously thinks this, that Gruden's racist and so on. I wonder whether he said anything in his past that he'd like to have back or that's in a personal email that he'd hate to see on the cover of The New York Times. You know, and, and a lot of these were sent before we knew. Don't send anything in an email that you wouldn't want to see in the cover of The New York Times. Um, look, I understand the response is like, look, I could look back at my own history. I'm certainly never talking about a black person's lips like this, but that doesn't mean he is he deserves to lose everything. That was a stupid thing to say. And I think you can say he had a racist moment without condemning the man as a racist and that the use of the F term, right, that that used to be bandied about, you know, like in a in a locker room i don't know it it used to be i don't want to say more acceptable but like it used to be bandied about um in a way that gays wouldn't stop you and say don't say that right they they didn't feel personally attacked by the word no and by the way i think if i heard what you said correctly when he said the f word which it's so silly we even have to say that but fine when when he said the f word i think he was referring to roger goodell roger goodell's not gay so it wasn't a gay slur. It yeah, was right. just like, oh, this is just a word we say about people. He wasn't saying something about Roger Goodell's sexuality, unless he knows something that I don't know. But I don't think Roger Goodell would make a very good gay guy. No. But putting that aside. No, so like, he basically included not, your people and my people. He called them an F word and a P word. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you and me, I guess. <laughs> I don't feel offended. Do you? 
I don't feel offended. And also, this is what a decadent society would be screaming over. We've got it so good. We're not actually arguing over racism, right? If if emails had come out that John Gruden was secretly funding the KKK, right? Now we've got something. Now it's like, man, this guy's racist. If emails had been leaked that would that were like, you know, John Gruden actually uh, did not want black football players on his team. Yeah, now right. we've got something. But instead, we're arguing over words that are politically incorrect. And and again, it's not defending them. And maybe maybe there's some twang of something in him. But you know what? There's probably some twang of something in all of us to some degree or another. And and you cannot they think if they can just destroy enough people that what will be remaining on the other side will be a perfect set of people. Yeah. But humans are not perfect and you're yeah. going to have to kill them. That, why does communism kill an awful lot of people? Because to get to that utopia, you got to remove a lot of imperfect things. And that let's go. People. Let's go one layer down. OK, because there were a couple sure. of other things. Um, he's apparently the coach of the only openly gay player uh, in the in the league. The only um, okay. yeah, I think, and, I think it's the only, yeah. And he objected to it. Um, according to these emails, he didn't want it. He said, uh, that the NF that Goodell should not have pressured, uh, the then coach of the Rams to draft quote queers, uh, into the NFL. And then, and then he also denounced the emergence of women as referees. Um, I, I still, I'm not offended. I just feel like, okay, a lot of guys in football don't want women around. It's been a thing. I'm like, I, I understand how they got there and how a lot of them have gotten past that. And I, I don't really care. I just, I don't know, Dave, like I, I know we're supposed to look at this and respond with horror, but is it a particular shock to you that an old coach like this was like, Oh, there's a gay guy in the NFL or we don't want them, them women on the sidelines. I realize a little backward, but must he be destroyed? Right? No. And also it's like, we really need to understand the context of how he speaks in general. You know, the way you speak versus your behaviors are not necessarily completely lined up the way you might just write something quickly in an email that might be mm. flippant or sarcastic or whatever. But again, it's not even to defend any of that. But I would say on the, on the gay player part, you know, there's other reasons that you may not want the distraction of that that have nothing to do with being homophobic, meaning an irrational fear of gay people. Like if you know that, okay, fine. Let's say, let's say you're completely fine with gay people. You love gay people. <laughs> um, you still may have some hesitancy to have a gay player in your locker because the media circus around that will be so endless and so nonstop that that could be a bit of a distraction for your team. I'm not saying that's right. Progress is messy, all of those things. But there could be some reasons that you would be like, ah, this could be a pain in the butt. Sort of like when there was that, uh, I believe it was like a year ago, they were trying to get uh, a female kicker into the NFL. And it's like, mm -hmm. if she can kick the 50-yard field goal as well as the guy, of course, in my opinion, she should be allowed in the league. But could you see a coach going, man, I have one goal this season. My one goal is to win. And I know how hard it is to win that Super Bowl. And we got to be focused. And the media is going to go crazy no matter what. And that thing will be a distraction. So I'd rather just have the guy to not deal with it because they brought me in to win. And it's like, if we can't eat, honestly talk about that, then you're never going to get equality because people I, play I sports to you. win. And if that had been a one-off comment about, quote, queers being drafted, I'd give him the benefit of the doubt. But it's very clear to me yeah. in reading the write-up of these, these emails, this is not just a not PC guy. This is a guy who makes very dicey comments on sexuality, on race, on women, and so on. And I'm still 
not feeling like he should be thrown yeah. out. I just feel like you go at, show me all the emails of the other NFL coaches. Show me all the emails of the NFL players. Show them to me. You want to tell me that there's not an NFL player in there who has said a controversial thing about women or gay people? Bull. I don't believe you. <laughs> and so we're just sort of it's a whack-a-mole situation. You know, if you're you just happen to be in the unfortunate situation where, you know, these emails that don't make you look good pop up. OK, but in the NFL in particular, there's not going to be any sexist emails. Bullshit. As you point out, these are a lot of these guys have actually committed crimes against women and they're allowed to play. So spare me the moralizing, Megan, if, right? The people in this league. Yeah. If you want to give uh, one of your producers a fun little project for a few minutes, like pull up 10 of the top crimes that current or former NFL players have done. And let's judge them compared to someone saying a mean word, which again, I'm not saying it's, I'm not completely dismissing a long history. We're not endorsing the email content. Right, right. Of course. Of course. Uh, By the way, um, I think OJ Simpson would come up number one. I'm thinking (laughs) that's the one I do know. Um, Wait, he did it? He did it? That's (laughs) to me. No, he's out looking for the real killers right now, as you well know. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's talk about the media for a minute and Dr. Fauci, who now, in addition to having his own action hero, has his own documentary. Um, This is now being released by uh, National Geographic. And apparently, you know, you go to the Rotten Tomatoes thing. The experts, you know, the sort of the review reviewers, the critics. Yes, yes. Ninety one percent. The audience score, four percent, four percent. We've got a little bit of the trailer. Let's watch it. Can't take everything seriously because then you'll start thinking that you're something that you're not. I grew up in a somewhat tough neighborhood in Brooklyn. The culture is that you didn't get intimidated by a lot of things. When COVID hit, he became this target. My dad said, we're going to get through this whole thing. And he's held back. We're seeing upticks again and nobody's hearing from you. I don't understand the hate that people have. We heard about what he went through in the HIV AIDS pandemic, like seeing signs, Fauci's a murderer. And I remember asking him, like, is this actually what it was like? His response was, you can't even compare the two. Fauci says, here are the facts, and here's my recommendation for a way forward. He becomes the size of the challenge he faces each time. If you're a public servant, you don't do it because you want to make money. You don't do it for the glory. You do it because you care. And that is when Nelson Mandela left. Oh, wait, no, we're talking about (laughs) the music. (laughs) I mean, it's a little over the top, but so indicative of how the media writ large feels about him. Megan, I honestly could have barfed during that. Look, I'm not saying he's a bad man. I really am not. And, And dealing with everything we've dealt with in the last two years, it's like, this is tough stuff. It's tough not only to understand the science, but then to communicate it. We also don't As you know, we don't have an honest media that allows any real information to get out there. We're all trying to destroy each other. I get that the whole thing is a freaking mess. But Fauci at this point, first off, he's the highest paid person in the federal government. Did you know that? Over 400 grand a year. Mm -hmm. He's obviously made a ton of money doing this. He goes on every Sunday show and is treated like a god. He's got comic books and uh, cartoon figures and all of these things. So let's not pretend that this is purely some selfless thing. Everyone has 
some level of an ego. The way they frame that there, that, you know, he's under attack and he does it just because he's good. Well, he's the same guy who at the height of the pandemic, when the emails were released, was telling his friend that wanted to go on vacation, yeah, masks don't do anything. While the same week he was telling everyone to wear masks. Or he would say, you know, when you wear a mask, actually, it could be worse because you touch your face more. But then he'll also tell them to double mask. Or he'll say, just the, we covered it on my show a day or two ago, you know, thanks uh, for Halloween. You should get out there and, you know, it should be a time to talk about COVID. So I guess we're allowed to touch candy from all the strangers and be out there. But then we'll think about what you can do for Christmas. So this has all been screwy. But, you know, I don't know that your your radio audience isn't going to be able to see this. Megan, did they send you one of these? Uh, the, the you know fishy, what? They reached uh, out official. to my my people and we did not accept that. Yeah. We, <laughs> it, Dave is holding so a we, huge Fauci Disney slash Nat Geo. Um, it's basically a swag bag. It's a box for people to watch Fauci box. and promote it. And Megan, you're not going to believe what's in here. I unbox this thing. People love unboxing on, on uh, YouTube. Now, one of the things, Megan, you know, is that uh, obesity and being overweight and diabetic is one of the prime comorbidities with COVID. Yet that didn't stop them from sending a big box of candy <laughs> from Dylan's candy bar. Look at this. We you got it your gummy a bears. Yeah. yeah, there we Now I can you, see it. Yeah, you, there we go. We're yeah, in the, yeah, we're there, in the light there. We got your. Oh, it's yeah, a panoply of colors and sugar. Yeah, Sour Patch Kids, all of it. Then, of course, you've got your your Fauci mask because you have to have a Fauci mask. This is my personal favorite one. And I'm going to send this one to you, Megan. The Fauci fanny pack. Would you wear that? Come on. I don't need Fauci on my pack. fanny. No, thank you. Well, let me tell you this. My, you my team's right up of this. Popcorn, it doesn't it doesn't. Oh, my stop. gosh. Uh, and no membership to SoulCycle. At the onset of the documentary, mm. uh, they feature criticism of Fauci almost exclusively from Fox News. And Fauci makes a snarky remark, quote, I represent something that's uncomfortable to them. It's called truth. (laughs) I mean, the unwillingness of people to challenge. Now, I guess the film does make comment. uh, How could they not on his most public reversal on you don't need a mask? And then, oh, yes, you do need a mask, which his noble lie to protect us um, from ourselves because he wanted us not to buy uh, the equipment and keep it for the medical person uh, personnel. Didn't believe that we could understand Mm -hmm. that and follow it. But not only that, but he's lied about, you know, the numbers on herd immunity. And he's admitted to that. It wasn't like an evolving. Wait, it wasn't 70 percent. Maybe it's 80. It's 80. I'm sorry. I was wrong about 70. Now it's 80. Now it's 85. Now it's 90. He admitted to the New York Times. I nudged it. As soon as I saw that attitudes were changing a little on it, I knew I could nudge it up a little bit more. I could nudge it up yep, more. Yep. Is that honest? His his story to Rand Paul about no gain of function uh, research being performed that was funded by his group, I, 100% was, and that's been really proven by this point. And on and on it goes. But for some reason, he's He's their man. He's their action figure. And it's the same thing that makes them put him on their mask and now on their fanny is the thing that makes my kid have to wear a mask in school, even though there's no science to support it. No science to support it, period. And again, there's great through lines at the show today, Megan. Your guys did a great job because, again, this is like, how long will we all participate in the lie? How long can people, the expert class, get so many things wrong. By the way, I'm willing to allow people to get things wrong. I get things wrong, you get things wrong, but how long can they completely flip-flop on every big thing and just move the goalpost? Remember two weeks to flatten the curve? Why don't we mm. even talk about uh. that? What happened to the curve? What, right. what happened to the curve? We're almost right. two years later. And then we used to talk about her- herd immunity. Notice we don't talk about that anymore because now it's what Biden said, 98% 
of Americans will have to be vaccinated. And he also said that once you get vaccinated, you can take your mask off and do whatever you want. But then it turned out, oh, you can't do that because now vaccinated people are getting it. I know several people. I have two cousins right now with COVID. They just got it yesterday who are not politically aligned with me. They are big lefties, COVID people, mask people, vaccinated people. Uh, and they both have COVID now. And a lot of people that I know in the last two months, almost everyone that I know in the last, say, two or three months that has gotten COVID has been vaccinated. I don't know anyone unvaxxed that's got COVID. That's not, I'm not giving a scientific study right there. But I do think our what we know in our personal lives has some value. And everything is up for debate right now, but we're, we're seemingly not allowed to talk about these things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why people who are young and healthy and already have a minuscule risk of death or hospitalization from covid. A lot of them are skeptical of getting the vaccines. Like why? So it's you know, I I've got some hesitancy maybe around vaccines. I don't feel like I need it. I feel like if I get this, it's going to be like a small virus, a flu like thing. I'll get past it and I'll have natural immunity. And that's that. And that used to be a personal OK choice in this country uh, until now, as it's crazy. Uh, there's so much more to go over. I definitely want to ask you about Katie Couric covering for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, covering for her. Right. She's covering for her because Ruth Bader Ginsburg wasn't a big fan of Colin Kaepernick's behavior. Uh, We'll bring you that story and much, much more next because Dave Rubin is sticking around. So Katie Couric is trying to get everybody to buy this memoir she has coming out and has strategically, I'm sure, leaked tidbits all along. I don't I don't know how high the interest is in Katie's um, backstory, but we'll find out. And but one of the things that's making news now speaks to some media bias, I think. And it is an admission by her that in her 2016 sit down with RBG that Ginsburg responded negatively when she was asked about people who kneel for the national anthem as a protest against racism Um, that she was asked about specifically uh, former 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick and This is RBG, according to Katie Couric. Would I arrest them for doing it? No, I think it's dumb and disrespectful. I'd have the same answer if you asked me about flag burning. I think it's a terrible thing to do, but I wouldn't lock a person up for doing it. I would point out how ridiculous it seems to me to do such an act. And then she continued. Such protests showed, quote, contempt for a government that has made it possible for their parents and grandparents to live a decent life, which they probably could not have lived in the places they came from. As they became older, they realized that this was youthful folly. So Couric says the day after the head of public affairs for the Supreme Court emailed her to say the late justice had, quote, misspoken, asking for it to be removed from the story. She called David Brooks of The New York Times, who was a pal. He said "Mm, she probably didn't understand the question. David Weston, former head of ABC, said you should keep it in. She decided to keep it in because she, quote, wanted to protect Ginsburg and felt the issue of racial justice was, quote, a blind spot for her. So fascinating. I don't remember the instinct to, quote, protect Sarah Palin on her, quote, blind spots. Megan, this this should be the story of the week. This is by far the story of the week, not exactly because of what she said, but because of the totality of it, that it talks about how the media and politicians, and in this case, you know, the Supreme Court PR person, how they craft a story, not give us the truth. What you just read there from RGB was perfectly eloquent and perfectly honest. And actually, I agree with every word of it. And by the way, 
that orange guy, remember we had that orange president with the funny hair? It's mm-hmm. kind of what he said too about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said it in a little more of a gruff manner, but it's kind of <laughs> what he said, right? Like he wasn't trying to take Kaepernick to jail, um, but he was trying to say, you know, maybe you could be a little more respectful of this. It's pretty good here in this country. Uh, but n- without making it about Trump, um, the idea that David Brooks from the New York Times would say, oh, she, in, in essence, oh, she's incapacitated. She doesn't know what she's saying. She was sitting the idea on the that- Supreme Court. Exactly. She we are told now every every, you know, genderless lefty has a shirt, has an RGB shirt. Right. She is the hero of the progressives. And yet what did she say just a mere five years ago? What she said there, in essence, is the conservative message. It's the message that America is pretty good. And, you know, maybe we can fix some things on the margins, but you should try to be respectful of the flag and blah, blah, blah. We shouldn't be burning everything down. So this is I think this is the story of the week because it shows It's just another moment where the curtain is pulled back and we're looking at that wizard and man, we thought he was big and had a big green head and fire blowing. And what he really is, is this sad old man. Mm -hmm. And and that's where we're at in democracy right now. And people need to understand that. Don't just pick up the paper. I mean, Megan, you know this more than anybody. Don't just watch cable news or pick up the paper and because they say something think it's real. You got to understand the PR angles that they go through. You got to understand the access that they get to to certain politicians and certain narratives and everything else. I think the story is just huge because it's just a perfect example of everything else that we've been talking about here. I have my own question about it, too, which is, was it really an attempt to protect her from blowback or was it an attempt to prevent a really important persuasive voice on this issue from perhaps carrying sway on this national debate? Megan, what did I say before about if you believe in ideology over truth, what you will do? This is the exact version of that, right? That obviously what Katie Couric didn't want to get across is the message that, say, the scary Republicans were saying. What David Brooks didn't want to get across, and we know how corrupt the New York Times is, it's like they have an ideology and they wanted it to fit. So it's not that she's incapacitated or doesn't know, didn't know what she was talking about or anything like that. They did not want that persuasive get message getting out because they wanted to frame it as this is Trump versus a black man. That was how it had mm. to be framed to fit the simplicity of the media narrative. That's so right. Oh, my gosh. That was well put. Um, you're 100 percent right, because I just feel like I get one. I get one per week. <laughs> Many more. I'm a big fan of your shows and I listen to them all the time, uh, often when I'm doing my makeup. But anyway, uh, that that is disturbing. And I do I do think I understand what the Supreme Court press office calls you and asks you, you know, for a solid. You're in a tough position as a journalist. I, I will admit that I covered the Supreme Court for three years for Fox and they don't give a lot of access. But she didn't need ongoing access to RBG or the other justices and would have been well within her journalistic rights to say, I understand, but it was on camera and she's a sitting associate justice at the Supreme Court. So I've got to use it. Uh, and they would have respected that they wouldn't have banned Katie Couric for, forevermore. Uh, OK, moving on. Speaking of Orange Man, Orange Man, he may be bad in the eyes of the media, but he's not so bad in the eyes of Republican voters because the last Uh, poll, the most recent poll to come out, Morning Consult Politico, says if the 2024 Republican presidential primary were being held today, for whom would you vote? And it's Donald Trump, 47 percent. And nobody else is even on the radar. The next closest uh, Pence and DeSantis are tied at 12 percent each. Donald Trump Jr. comes in fourth at six percent. Nikki Haley, she gets a lot of play in the press, three percent. Tim Scott, he gets a lot of play, one percent. Mike Pompeo, zero percent. 
Uh, I mean, it's it's still Trump's party. Oh, it's Trump's party. And that that poll actually does not shock me. Who can still bring out the rallies? Who does the base still love? Who is still fighting the machine, even though he's not on social media and he's just got these silly press releases and everything else? It's still Trump. You know, Megan, you know, I didn't vote for Trump the first time around. I did vote for him the second time around in a weird way. I'm, I'm more proud that I voted for him now than even when I voted for him, because look how horrible everything is. I, it didn't mean he was perfect. Uh, obviously, obviously, like everyone has to qualify every time you say that. Mm. Obviously, he wasn't perfect. Obviously, I wish the Twitter thing had been a little different and he would have had better people around him and everything else. But he was keeping the wheels on the on the car as we uh, were veering off the road. And now we're like basically heading towards a ditch. What I would prefer to happen rather than Trump, who also I think he's 76 or 77 years old. It's like we, we've got to shift away from the, the, uh, the baby boomer crew. We need a younger crew. What I would prefer to happen is that Trump acts as the advocate. Keep doing the rallies. Keep fighting the media. Keep doing all the dirty work. Be the bodyguard so that, say, a DeSantis, Tim Scott picket maybe could get through. Let DeSantis, who I think is uh, 43 years old, he's done an incredible job in Florida. He's willing to fight. But let Trump do the dirty work. Let him take the hits from the media. Let him draw the people to the rallies and go be the statesman, DeSantis. I know Florida wouldn't be that happy to That doesn't sound like Trump. That doesn't sound no, like it doesn't Trump. Sa- I know. So, so hey, Don, if, if you watch Megyn Kelly's show, and I have no doubt that you do, my personal message to you is think about putting your ego in check for the first time in your life. Not because you're not right about a lot of this stuff, but because for the health of the country and for for a true healing, not the way Biden said healing, which was this fake healing and where they really wanted Mm -hmm. you to heal like a dog, but for a true way to move forward. That was the second one. Yes. I got two. All right. (laughs) Uh, I'm taking tomorrow off. Um, that that's the way we can do it. That's the way we can do it. You would get hey, look and DeSantis will be treated horribly, of course, and all of the things that they said about they'll call him a white supremacist and they'll call Tim Scott a white supremacist, by the way, as they did with my friend Larry Elder. They'll do all of the tricks no matter what. But Trump could be the bodyguard. It would be the first time in his life that he would take that that thing, say, hey, spotlight, not totally on me. And let me see if I can do something a little bigger than me. I don't know that he can do it, but that to me, that makes so much sense if we're going to get this thing right again. The thing is, it's like so there was just recently a poll that 44 percent of Biden's voters were voting against Trump. They weren't. You'll be shocked to learn they weren't inspired by basements. uh, I mean, by basements, by Biden's (laughs) campaign. (laughs) I actually call it. Oh, that's basements aren't usually that inspiring either. President Joe basement. (laughs) It's not bad. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, so 44 percent. So if you remove Trump from the equation, you could make the argument that those are gettable voters by a Republican. But the truth is, a lot of the people who did vote vote for Trump aren't inspired by the Republican Party in general and might not show up at all. They might not like DeSantis. They may not feel motivated by him in the way that Trump had this special relationship with people to make them feel. So I'm not sure. I'm, I, I will say this. If Biden lives up to the one term promise and Kamala Harris is the nominee, I think even zero percent Pompeo would probably sail in. I mean, I the, <laughs> right. And, and no, that brings us. She's so deeply. Yeah, she's plotted. so deeply unlikable. She's so inauthentic. Um, you know, she polled, by the way, at zero within her own party when she was running, when she stepped down and then they chose her basically to be Biden, 
Biden's successor. Mm -hmm. So I agree, almost any Republican, hopefully, but you know, the, the, the media is so crazy and what they do to destroy people. You, you know how active I was in the California recall here. And what I saw the machine do to my friend, who is a good man, Larry Elder, what I saw when Obama cut that video and Biden came here the day before the recall election and said that Larry Elder, he would not say his name, but he kept saying Larry Elder is a Trump clone. Larry Elder, who is the son of a janitor who was born in South Central LA, basically in poverty, who became such an incredible decent human being, the way the machine treated him, LA Times, he's the black face of white supremacy. Mm. You know, it's like, that's why the, the Trump thing still has energy. It's because he's willing to fight that thing in the dirtiest possible way. And it's like, is DeSantis willing to do it? I suspect not. That's why Trump as the bodyguard, it just makes so much sense to me. Well, that's, and the other thing is, you, know, you think about what they did to Larry Elder and, the, you know, a former girlfriend came out and said, oh, he, you know, he took a gun out of a drawer and like loaded it in front of me and then put it away. And she found that abusive and so on. It, they put that everywhere. They, they completely believed everything she said. They yep. promoted the hell out of it to make Larry Elder into this abuser. And yet what do they do with the Joe Biden Tara Reid story? They kill Tara Reid. They completely completely tried to cut to the extent they covered it at all. It was to say she's a liar. She didn't pay her bill. She's a been a bankrupt. Tara Reid is poor. It's true. Doesn't mean she's necessarily a liar. We as journalists need to push past that. Then they went back to her college, started looking at her credits, um, all these stories that ultimately still have problems. I have to say they, they a lot of the stories have been torn apart by Ryan Grimm, who stayed on it. But anyway, they're so hypocritical. And, you know, if this had been done but to a black Democrat as opposed to, a, you know, running in Mississippi, as opposed to a black Republican like Larry Elder running in California, they would have been screaming the R word from the highest rooftops. So what that begs the question then is, so what is a better candidate? Is it a better person on paper who is statesmanlike and younger and it's fighting for what I think are basically the right things, say Ron DeSantis? Um, or is it the guy that will do all of the dirty work to win? That's an interesting mm -hmm. philosophical and tactical question. That's why I'd like to see some sort of, you know, alignment of those two. Mm -hmm. Can it happen? I have no idea. But, but that's the question that everyone has to think about. It's like, okay, everything that you just said right there is true. So is DeSantis going to be willing to do all of the horrible things? We know Trump <laughs> will. But by the way, Trump, Trump did all the horrible things last time, including bringing the you know, the accused rape victims of Bill Clinton to the debates at the time before and all the stuff yeah. with Biden. Um, but he lost last time. So, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to automatically win either. Wait a minute. But that was wait. He brought the Trump or the, the Biden. He brought the he Bill brought Clinton for, for, accusers in 2016 after the Access Hollywood tape broke. Did he also bring Biden right. accusers to a debate with no, Biden? No, no, not. I, I don't think he brought Biden. No. He didn't bring Tara yeah. Reid. I think she's. Yeah, the only no, he definitely didn't bring Tara Reid. But my well, point I mean, is, he would have had a, like a parade of children there. Stuff. <laughs> OK, yeah. OK, I'm right. confused. <laughs> Sorry. Smells so good. The hair. Um, the hair. The Kamala hair, yeah. Harris. Kamala Harris. It, I didn't. I was like, what is she doing? I don't know. They're trying to like rehab her, I guess, in advance of her her run. And I don't know that this woman as a politician is rehabable. I really don't. She's just. It's really like watching Veep. So she is, um, there's something, but the company is called Sinking Ship Entertainment that produced this 
It's the first in a YouTube original series called Get Curious with Vice President Harris. It features her speaking with several young, quote, students about the wonders of space exploration and science. There's a guest star appearance by Demi Lovato. No, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) And um, we have a little a little clip of it cut before you watch it understand that the children you were looking at turns out are not organic children <laughs> they're not children just plucked off the street who love kamala harris or want to speak to the vice president apparently they couldn't find any of those so they hired actors it was cast watch i just love the idea of exploring the unknown and then there's other things that we just haven't figured out or discovered yet to think about so much that's out there that we still have to learn like, I love that. I love that. You guys are going to see. You're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your oh, own eyes. Oh, my goodness. With your own eyes. I'm telling you, it is going to be unbelievable. Well, wait till you guys see the moon. I'm telling you. I just, I don't know what it is about those craters on the moon. <laughs> always dream with ambition. Have big dreams. You'll remember that? Yes. yes. All right. I'll see you later. OMG. Oh, my God. I to you. I'm going to ask you what your favorite part is, and by that I mean least favorite. But well, for me, it was Megan, with your eyes, with your own eyes. That is how you speak to a baby in the crib. Maybe Max too. Abby, your kids are younger than mine. What what age do we stop doing eyes here? Though eighteen months. Eighteen months. Yes, it is not children who can speak and sit on a sofa and go to high school or middle school. She's just so fake. Megan, I actually totally want to defer to you on this one because I don't have kids yet. As you know, we're working on it, but you have children. And I suspect, but please correct me if I'm wrong, that if there was a parent that acted like that, the mother, you know, you got the 10 mothers that the kids are all friends and you all send them to different houses to do different things. If there was one mother that sort of acted like that all the time, you'd kind of be like, yeah, that's the crazy one. Am I right? Oh, I'd be like, I'd be like, sister, roll back on the sangria in the coffee cup. (laughs) We can tell. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's those just, white wine spritzers in the suburbs omg we've had private conversations about those and and they can lead to bad places um i i don't uh, to me it is indicative because she can't even fake it and she's tried yes. to fake her affability and i realize that women they, they often get pinged for this like she's not likable she's not relatable those can be sexist codes i have seen that in the past i gotta say in this case i think it's just true i just think she is not relatable she is very clearly fake look i said it all throughout the campaign who was more genuine and authentic Was it the orange person with the crazy hair plugs or was it any of the Democrats? Now, I'll give Bernie. I do not like it all, but I'll give Bernie credit. Bernie's authentically an old, bitter, angry socialist. That's Bernie. I believe that. (laughs) That is Bernie. Or even take a female politician, Madeleine Albright. You know, she was totally, totally real. Margaret Thatcher. She never tried to hide who she was. That is what we're seeing here. Sorry, keep going. No, you're exactly right, though. Those are two great examples. It has nothing to do with gender, obviously. But Margaret Thatcher obviously was Margaret Thatcher. It's pretty clear, right? But if you take any of those people that ran as Democrats, Elizabeth Warren, I'm going to get me a beer, who also pretended she was Native American to get a job. Uh, (laughs) If you take if you take Kamala Harris, if you take literally any of the others, Pete Buttigieg, who was basically just doing a Barack Obama impression the entire time. It's like, who actually do you think you understand more? Is it the orange guy or is it these people? But Kamala, you're right. She they had to hire actors as children, actors for her to talk to children. It's like 
Something apparently right there's here, like so, somebody sort of got the story of the kids afterward being like telling a story about how when their agent called them after the audition, they're like, you landed it. You know, <laughs> there's, there's nothing real about that video. Tucker apparently said Harris is so phony. She leaves people, quote, pining for the authentic maternal warmth of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh, my God. Craters, craters with your own eyes, Megan. It's incredible. This has been so fun. Good luck on everything. I know you are thinking about exiting that city. And I think that would be wonderful. But I hope uh, you get good news on the surrogacy front uh, before any of that happens, because people like you need to be reproduced. And I need to see that and be a part of it. Not 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 in the intimate way. I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> but I want to root you Megan, on. You, you are truly the best. I've met a lot of people that I once admired before I was doing this game, but you really are just the best of the best and the real deal. And what people see and hear is exactly who you are. And anytime you ever want to do anything, you know where I am. Oh, thanks, Dave. Come back soon, would you? Anytime. Don't forget to listen tomorrow because we've got Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street. This is going to be fun. See you then.